Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. We are here. We are ready to podcast. Bo is under the table already. I have a little bit of a what I'm calling a cold. But is he under the table and dreaming? Always. Usually about ants marching. <laughs> um, Matt has a cold. I don't care for it. He is very upset about this. I don't like it. He doesn't like it. I've got a very long time without having a, a cold cold, like a stuffy nose situation. Yeah, you're real stuffed up. I, and I hate it. I know. Probably sound like not me. You don't You don't sound like not you. Uh, I disagree. And our listeners will tell you otherwise. <laughs> Bo has sat up. Bo's been such a good boy today, guys. Oh, he, we, we... We'll get to that. Okay. We'll, we'll do all that update stuff. <laughs> But first, we have to get the business out of the, the way. The business. Uh, 
Guys, this is where I tell you to leave your reviews for this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It helps with the show. I know every podcast tells you that. And quite frankly, you've done a great job so far. So keep it going. Our Facebook group is there for anyone who needs to talk about this stuff when we're not talking back. You can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash excellent adventure. And, of course, our website. Oh, my God. And our Patreon. We have to record a bonus episode pretty soon. Yeah, we do. Uh, You get two for this month if you're donating at $10 a month. Uh, If you want to find out how to get those episodes, how to support the podcast and Dory's unemployed future, as well as Matt's unemployed future, uh, please do so. You can go to patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. And our Twitter is at excellent pod. That's where Dory tweets most of the time. And she says, Matt, you never do anything for the podcast. And I say, good point. <laughs> you can also email us, Dory and Matt at Gmail or Matt and Dory at Gmail. And the phone number is 413-461-BABY. As we speak, there are San Franciscans meeting up. Yeah. And, you know, the DC people did post a photo to the Facebook group. Yes. We unfairly maligned them. I realized because we recorded on Saturday last week. So in my head, we were recording on Sunday. Oh, that's on us, everybody. Yeah, sorry, DC eggheads. Why did we record on Saturday? Because you went to New York at 6 a.m. on Sunday. Ooh, it all has become very clear. Mm. Guys, I went back to New York for three days. And uh, I'm back with a fucking cold. With a fucking cold. You think I got it in New York? It's not impossible. I don't know. Guess I've, what, everybody? I've also been, you know, coughing. It is day 10 of no cigarettes. Oh, my God. That's amazing. So, in case anyone's wondering how that's going, I have a cold. <laughs> I mean, which is kind of great because, you know, every time I've quit before, it was actually while I had a cold. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you, I hate, you. I used to, when I, I hated smoking with a cold. Mm. Stuffy nose, no good. No bueno. No bueno. Um, yeah, you listened to the Alan Carr book. Yep, Alan Carr, Stop Smoking Now. Uh, available on uh, wherever you get your books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if they want to plug, they better sponsor us. They sponsor every other podcast. <gasps> Do use they? The, use the promo code oh. Nerdist. Audible? Yep. Uh, so They have some ads coming up with us, actually. ID10T, I guess, would be the promo code now. You know what? Save it up for whenever Audible actually sponsors this podcast. Yeah. I can't recommend Audible enough. We're not doing a podcast. I don't know why I'm talking about Audible. <laughs> well, very at least now when, we're, when we do have our Audible ads, people will know that they're sincere. I listened to a 12-hour Chuck Klosterman book over the, uh, over the three days in New York also. You love an audiobook. I do. I also love being able to breathe through both nostrils, which oh. is not happening. So. Hey, speaking of books. Yeah. I have a little uh, promotion fun thing for eggheads that I want to talk about. I don't know if you can because it's not on our agenda. I'm sorry. I forgot it's not to, on the rundown. I, I forgot to put it on the rundown. You know what? Go see Dory. See what we can do. And uh, maybe next week. We'll get it back on the on the rundown. Thank Wait. you so much. <clears throat> Honey, I'm yes. Dory. Oh, well, you'll have to talk to her. This is very confusing. I'm confused as well. Anyway, go ahead. 
Um, so as you know, the paperback of Start Up a Novel by Dory Shafrir comes out on April 3rd. Yes. And I am running a contest for eggheads. Okay. I'm listening. If you pre-order the paperback uh-huh. and you send me a screenshot of your pre-order, yeah. you will be entered to win a signed copy of the hardcover. Uh-huh. That's it. That's the contest. It's a great contest. It is a great contest. Uh, and all you have to do is email that screenshot to Dory and Matt at Gmail or Matt and Dory at Gmail. You know what? Maybe you like the Goldbergs. I will throw in a signed copy of a script of the Goldbergs. How about that? Hey. That, How about that this, for a contest? This egghead contest just got a thousand times better. Yeah, that's right. Um. So, yeah. So, go order. You can do it on Amazon. You can do it at your... If you do it at your local bookstore, that counts too. Um, I'll just take your word for it. And if you do it on any other internet website, just take that screenshot. Also, if you don't want the uh, script, feel free to tell us. (laughs) Um, And I think the paperback list price is like 15 something. And it's probably discounted. So it's really not a major investment. Um, so yeah, so pre-order that shit. It's a great way to support, uh, authors. It's a great way to support authors. It's a great way to support startup a novel by Dory Shafrir. Yes. <laughs> Coming a, soon <laughs> to a theater near you. No, oh. don't, don't get everyone. Oh. People will be like, Oh, is it going to be a movie? And I'll have to be like, no, my husband was just kidding. Yeah. But it's also a great way to support Dory Shafrir in her unemployment. Guys, we're all about supporting Dory Shafrir through her new endeavors. Yep. Uh, so be a pal. Yeah. Pre-order my paperback and send me the screenshot. And one lucky egghead will win a signed copy of the hardcover and a signed copy of a Goldberg script. Wow. If they want it. If they want uh, it. Other news, other Dory Shafrir news. If you're listening to this on Monday, buckle up for tomorrow. Dory Shafrir makes her world debut on james bonding matt and uh matt mcgorley and i had amanda and dorian to talk about specter it was a movie great i no longer enjoy it was great fun i really i really had fun did you what do you think of the way we do a podcast i i will admit and you did call me out on this that around the hour 45 mark yeah my attention started to wander <laughs> um how long did we go we didn't go that long no you didn't go that long like an hour 50 maybe yeah but it was like you know what i think i think over an hour and a half i'm sort of like all right just looking around at the all the all the knickknacks in matt gorley's office uh she does not mean harvey villache's character (laughs) no i don't from the man with the golden gun i mean uh i mean tchotchkes Although I'm sure he'd be very upset if I called them tchotchkes. <laughs> They're not tchotchkes. They're not tchotchkes. They're very They're, carefully curated. curated. <laughs> yes. Mac Worley's house is wonderful. Uh, we're sitting at the table where we recorded the longest James Bonding podcast. The cold, op- cold openings hot rankings episode was over three hours. <laughs> oh, my God. I would have fallen asleep probably it was it's it's actually the only james bonding episode i've ever listened to and i've listened to it twice wow that's how enjoyable i found it wow i really got a kick out of us for three and a half hours (laughs) 
You love a long, you never met a long podcast you didn't love. No, I'm a big fan of a long form conversation. Well, you know, it's funny because on Forever 35, we've started doing mini episodes. Yeah. And they are 20 minutes long. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's the idea of a mini episode. You would, you would be like, what is this? Well, Andy and I did a mini episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation because we forgot half of the podcast. Because you hadn't done it in we so long. We hadn't done it in so long. <laughs> so we did a 37 minute mini-sode accidentally wow we we meant to do like 10 minutes well (coughs) that's not surprising okay do we Uh, have any other updates well you know bo has been great oh yeah we had we went to we had a follow-up with with his behaviorist yeah and she said he's a star student star student everybody bo beauregard bosch myra he's really doing great we walked him i walked him up to target today to meet dory and uh he was such a good boy he was such a good boy really you know he's a little nervous but he got there he was really just and he, he didn't lunge at no anyone lunging no barking just a lot of uh love oh bobo yeah um she also praised us yeah we did a great job yeah and our dog walker and our dog walker okay so we told her yeah so that's it. That's all our updates. Ten days, uh, ten days, no smoking, acupuncture tomorrow. Fertility, here we come. Oh, yeah. Who knows? Who knows what the world has in front of us? <laughs> <sighs> We're both, we both sound terrible. Do I sound terrible? Yeah. yeah. You have that like smoker's cough. Yeah, I do have a cough. somehow got. Yeah, and... It like turned it turned into a cold for a day, and then it went back to just being a cough. Um, well, you know. Oh, I cleaned up my office. That's another good update. Huge update. Dory's been working on her office uh, cleanup for for a lengthy period of time, and it's almost done. I think it's done. Uh huh. It's almost done. Wait, what is not done? I mean, it's still a mess. What? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh my god! When are you cleaning out your office? Uh, I have to finish the wall oh yeah guys i learned how to pour (sighs) plaster i think we already talked about that but i still have to sand the wall do another coat you know what it's like you are going for eagle scout you're going for like grown-up eagle scout you're like i got my plaster badge yep i got my (laughs) plaster badge uh you know today i I restrung a guitar i got my luthery badge Really looking forward to earning some more badges around the house. Okay. Oh, you got your driveway grinding badge. Yes. Yep. Uh, Mailbox badge. Oh, mailbox badge. Brand new mailbox I put up. Really a lot has (laughs) happened at the Myra Shafrir home (laughs) since I've been Uh, off for, like, like, literally I've only had three days home. Yeah, and you've been very busy with home things. You know, yeah. I'm also going to say that you got your dog training badge. Yes. Thank you, honey. You're welcome. I appreciate that. All right, guys. It's time to talk about the long, arduous, terrible journey that is IVF. Ugh. Do we have to? Uh, yes. Oh, someone, someone, uh, someone's saying run, don't make a, don't walk and make an appointment with someone else. Yeah, I know. And you know, our friend who we met at that at that birthday party, he goes to him. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> so he might be a phone call tomorrow. Can't wait. Love it. Here we go, everybody. This is from Anonymous. Hi, I just wanted to say how grateful I am for the podcast. 
feel like I'm not your typical listener. I'm a 31-year-old woman who is not trying to have children right now. I feel like that might be a little more typical than we realize. Uh, I don't know if I will ever have children, honestly. Us either. And actually, I started crying in the car today while I was listening to your podcast over that. Oh, this email this took is a turn. sad. This I took know. A turn. I know. I probably shouldn't have led with this email. It, what a, is going on with you, Dory? Why are you leading with this email? Sorry, and not including things about paperbacks. This is you're really off your game. I'm sorry. Okay. <clears throat> One of the women who wrote in was talking about how she was mourning her maybe babies, and I feel like I'm doing that a lot. I've wanted to have children since I was 18 years old. My problem is that I think I might be gay. And I have so much internalized homophobia that it stands in the way of me having a relationship. This is a heavy email. I know. To kick things off it, with. It broke my heart. Uh, I have gone on a handful of first and second dates since my last relationship when I was 22. But other than that, I can't seem to listen to my body when it screams no when a guy touches me. But I also can't go on dates with women either because... I hate that it's 2018. I love my queer friends, but I hate my queer self. I want to be a wife and a mother. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know why I can't love myself. I can't solo mother a child while hating myself so much. Well, that's good of you to understand that and realize that about yourself. Uh, But you guys seriously... uh, You bring so much light into my life. I've been suffering from a really bad depressive episode lately... But I've been going on long walks and listening to your podcast, and I laugh out loud, and it keeps me going. So thank you. I don't know what I would do without your podcast. Well, this is very sweet. Uh, with the with the love, this follow up here. Ready? Mm-hmm. Also, I tried sous vide eggs from Starbucks. What the fuck? They are so good. <laughs> I'm an animal and just eat them with my hands in the car. No fucks given. Uh, anonymous. That's exactly how I. <laughs> I eat them like an animal in the car, all the time. Uh, well, here is something, uh, anonymous. There's a lot to unpack. There is a lot to unpack here. Um, and having, you know, (laughs) this is a, sounds like we're a broken record here, but have we tried therapy? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and I mean, just, you know, going to a therapist to work through the all of the emotions that you're having um, with uh, all of your feelings, with, you know, your, 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 your desire to, uh, I think at the end of the day, really what this is about, you want to like yourself more. Yeah. So it's not about if you're gay or if you're straight or... Uh, somewhere in between non-binary it just this is not what it's about what it's about right here is about you being able to love yourself and accepting who you are and the person who's going to help you do that is a therapist i mean i feel you like like with a lot of this like self-hating kind of things that you're talking about here uh i do too i hate myself when i uh put more than four sandwiches in my mouth all right, I don't eat four sandwiches, but like, you know what I'm saying. I do. Um, I have another suggestion, actually. This is coming out of left field. The door and I have not discussed this. There is a book by my former BuzzFeed coworker, Katie Haney, uh-huh. that just came out a couple weeks ago, and it's called Would You Rather, A Memoir of Growing Up and Coming Out. Katie yeah. is a wonderful writer. She's funny. She's wise. She's 
she's very she's great she's a wonderful writer um and she wrote a memoir when she was i want to say she was 25 um all about how she was so bad at dating men yeah um and then a few years later she was like well i guess i was bad at dating men because i'm gay uh-huh and so she wrote a book about it um and i it's I, I think that you should read this book. I think you would really enjoy this book. Yeah. You need to drink some water, young lady. Oh, sorry. You are dry mouthing like there's no tomorrow. This is the most unlistenable voice we've both had. <laughs> <laughs> this is insanity. Why are we doing a podcast? Sorry, everyone. Anyway, Katie Haney, would you rather get that book... I mean, everyone should read that book, but I think especially you, Anonymous, um, you you would get a lot out of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're here. If you need anything, email yep. us. Yep. Ask us another question. We're happy to answer it yep. to the best of our uh, ability, which is really just as two grown adults who are in a lot of therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're now in more therapy than I am. Great. Good talk. Uh <laughs> This is anonymous. Anonymous is writing in again. Yep, and I think anonymous writes in a couple more times. All right. This is uh, says hi Matt and Dory. First time emailer, long time listener. Want to first off thank you for sharing your story each week. Your podcast has been so meaningful, helpful, and made me feel supported through my IVF journey. Matt, I know you've been struggling how to solve the sperm issue. I felt compelled to write in to share my thoughts. Based on our experience, my husband and I were diagnosed. Uh, did the lights flicker or did I just have a seizure? The lights did not flicker. Oh, boy. Um, guys, we are in a rough, <laughs> rough shape here. Uh, my husband and I were diagnosed with male factor infertility about a year ago. First off, Matt, you need to see a reproductive urologist. I didn't know that was a thing. By I the didn't way, either. Until, until this email has come. A reproductive also, urologist is basically that, an RE for women. Don't you find it strange that two years in, no one has mentioned this? Uh, there's been literally hundreds of people who have written into this podcast. We've seen dozens of uh, professional medical people uh, regarding infertility. And so far, anonymous email, week two of episode 77 of this podcast <laughs> is the first person to bring up a reproductive urologist. So, uh, way to drop the ball, everybody out there. And uh, Dory, slow down with the coughing. I'm sorry. <laughs> should I take some cough medicine? I don't know. I, we should just not, we should be in like uh, some sort of uh, hyperbaric chamber getting well. Oh, we should. You know where we should be? A sanatorium. We should be with Madeline Swan. We should be in the, up Alps. In the Alps. Matt and Amanda are going to the Alps. <gasps> yeah, I know. and they're not taking us. I listen. that's so rude. Matt and I had discussed. Never mind. This is a totally off topic because we're talking about reproductive urologists, which we didn't know existed until right now. Uh. uh I know you keep making offhand comments about seeing Dr. Howard Kim at Cedars. I was initially referred there by the office staff at my gyno's office, and thankfully my gyno redirected me that I need to see someone who is a sperm expert. Interesting. As we already knew, we had a sperm issue. Run, don't walk, uh, to make an appointment with Dr. Phil Worthman. We almost called him Weatherman. Uh, 
Phil has he likes his patients to call him. That's already weird. As a sperm expert and was able to be straight with us and really get to the bottom of what was going on. We had issues with morphology and count. We were told that the semen analysis wasn't the best way to analyze a sperm and the DNA fragmentation test was the way to go to really understand what the sperm were doing. Guys, Episona is a great place to get that done. Uh, my husband and I were also diagnosed with a partial uh, varicocele, and it was recommended that we not get it repaired, as we were told. But the procedure wasn't always successful, and you lose a lot of time in the waiting. That's, That's yeah. Given what we were working with, we were told based on the sperm that we had a, about a 1% chance of conceiving naturally, 25% chance with IVF, and a 50% chance if we did IVF with testicular sperm extraction. I think that's where we're going to end up. I don't. I think my sperm will go back up. Okay. Why do you not think that? I th- I I think that, but I think that if you can get it fresh from the source, why not? Huh? You have no response to that. I see. I honestly don't understand science, but I know <laughs> that sometimes sperm can develop morphology issues or die off between. Uh, when they are made in the testicles and when they get ejaculated. This is what I'm saying. Well, listen, we're... we're I'm just saying, your sperm will sperm improve. sperm is fresh. Your, your sperm will improve, but then we could get the best of the best by just getting it straight from the source. Uh, it's my, like spring water. My husband, being the good sport, he has immediately agreed to have his balls cut into. Oh, this look. Is her husband is such a good sport. One of your listeners this past week referred to as a sperm biopsy. In our clinic, the doctor... Uh, came and did the TESE the day before my retrieval, and then they were able to fertilize the eggs with his fresh sperm. Our doctor hypothesized the reason for our male factor issues, including poor cat morcology, was because of an SSRI my husband had been taking. Retro. What's that? Uh, Lexapro. Uh, I don't take Lexapro. Do I? Yeah, you do. Oh. Didn't, didn't you just start taking it? I don't know. What is that? What do I take? I thought that was what you take. I don't know what I take. Um, Matt, you mentioned last week you were taking Lexapro. I must be taking Lexapro. <laughs> Falcon fell the right in. I've been following your journey along uh, and wouldn't want you to stop smoking only to have an antidepressant cause your sperm <laughs> numbers to go backwards. Uh, it seems like the thing that will happen. In our experience, our RE did not know much about male factor issues. I'm grateful we saw um, uh, the male fertility specialist because after doing IVF last summer, we all... With all the acronyms, uh, we are now successfully in our second trimester of pregnancy with our son, who will be born this summer. Well, congratulations. And (laughs) la-di-da. I also wanted to add two other things that might be helpful to your listeners and maybe to you guys. I heard heard it mentioned on the podcast before, but I really want to make sure people are aware of SART, Society for Assisted Reproductive Technology, data website. This website has data about success rates from fertility clinics in the United States. In my experience, many doctors can be nice and kind, yet ineffective. I found for us, looking at the data really helped me narrow the few IVF clinics that we met a doctor at each clinic before proceeding with IVF. Oh, interesting. You shopped around. We did not. We shopped around while buying. Mm. Uh, Lastly... For all the people to write in about seeking a therapist, most therapists will do a 15-minute phone consultation for free. 
before you decide to go in for an initial appointment. This is true. Uh, it's a great opportunity to get a feel for the therapist and also tell them what you're seeking therapy for. Then you can have an idea if they have any experience in the challenges you are facing, or if not, you can ask them for referrals to colleagues who might have experience. Sorry for the long email. Hope this is somewhat helpful to you and or your listeners. I think it was very oh, helpful. Oh, extremely helpful. So that is a big old thank you to Anonymous. And uh, they say thank you for everything you do. We'll be thinking good thoughts uh, that a positive uh, pregnancy test is headed your way later on in 2018. Um, I just want to say one thing about SART, though. Sure. The From what I understand oh boy here she goes the statistics are slightly misleading (gasps) because some of the clinics that have very high success rates yes have very high success rates because they only take very good candidates oh that's interesting and then some clinics that have slight that have like lower success rates it's in part because they will try taking a lot of tough cases what's our success rate what's uh what's the i don't cfp i don't know off the top of my We've head We've never looked it up have we no i did look it up uh, and it wasn't like the top but it was it certainly wasn't the bottom well there you go yeah well, that's interesting and also the data is a couple years old well i like data he's an android he's the third in command on the enterprise <laughs> Anyway, anyway. Uh, quite frankly, that was an email completely directed at me, and uh, I appreciate the uh, information. I think we should call Dr. Weatherman. Guys, it looks like Dory's going to be calling Dr. Weatherman. Because <laughs> I can tell you who will probably forget to call Dr. Weatherman. What if we write it on the dry erase board? Oh, that's interesting. What time would we do that? Don't we have a thing tomorrow? Acupuncture. We both have it. We're yeah. doing dual acupuncture. We're doing guys. couples acupuncture. That's not a thing. <laughs> That's not a thing. There she goes. Old Smoky Doshi. Excuse me. Really takes me back. To when I was a smoker. To uh, hearing that cough from mm-hmm. uh, people when I was a kid. Anyway. Great email. Anonymous, thank you. Hmm. Hopefully we'll see you at the next meeting. Should I read an email? IVFers Anonymous. This is from Adam. What's up, Adam? Hey, guys. So I'm now officially a pause the pod guy. Oh, he paused the pod. He paused the pod. Great. Congratulations. Welcome. Just listen to the latest. And I went through TESE. That's Tessie. With sperm issues uh-huh. and have a now four-year-old science baby. Oh, God. Am I going to have to have my balls cut into I used a fertility specialist urologist named Dr. Seaman. <laughs> true, true story. <laughs> but look at this. This guy knows that there's a fertility specialist urologist too. Who worked directly with my wife's RE. My procedure was done in the IVF clinic's office and was timed with her egg retrieval so they could make the embryos right away. They also froze three vials of sperm for future re- use, which we have run out of since it took eight total IVF cycles to make our son. Holy shit. Any more questions about TESE, let me know. I would be happy to help. We have one PGD-tested healthy frozen embryo remaining from all our IVF, which we have not decided on what to do with yet, which leads me to a question I've been meaning to ask you. All right, let's hear it. My wife is petrified of needles uh-huh. still after all the IVF and would like to have the girl if not for the needles again. 
Uh-huh. When we talk about it, she asks what I would do. I fully support whatever she wants to do. If our science baby is the only one we have, I'm thrilled because we got one that worked. But if she does want to try again, I'm all for that too. In a vacuum, I would want to try it. But then I would be making the decision for more mental and physical anguish for her. How do I approach this with her without putting the weight of the decision all on her shoulders or make it seem like I'm making the decision for her? Keep up the awesome work, Adam from New Jersey. Adam, have you thought about taking your wife to a hypnotherapist to get over this needle phobia? Oh, interesting. It seems very... Uh, I was not expecting that. It seems like a... Th- we are weird right now. <laughs> seems like a, a phobia that, that really, you know... I don't know if it's a very deep-seated phobia. Maybe there's a psychological issue that we're not dealing with regarding that needle phobia. But it also could just be she's always been afraid of needles. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not I'm not advocating for hypnotherapy, but I'm saying... Go to a hypnotherapist. Come on. Um, the other thing I would say is this won't eliminate the needles entirely. In, I mean, because you'll she would still have to get blood work, which is needles. Um, but you could ask if you you could do the progesterone suppositories instead of the shots which would eliminate in my opinion the worst shots of the whole situation yeah. which are the really long needle ones you can shove that up your hoo-ha and you can just shove some capsules up your hoo-ha and then you only have to do just, i think a trigger if you say you'd be throwing a strike in the strike zone hi strike zone Someone is very excited right now. Someone listening is like, yay. <laughs> um, so that would be my suggestion after you go to the hypnotherapist. You don't really have to go to a hypnotherapist. But, you know, these phobias, I think you can, you can, you can probably get your, convince your brain to be like, hmm. Says me, the ex-smoker. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, this is from L. Hi, Matt and Dory. I'm writing to you from Marin County. Oh, my God. Which Matt called Endor a few weeks ago. Thank you for the laugh. I did. It is. It is Endor. Some of it is fancy, but it's quickly becoming one of the more affordable areas around here. That's insane. Now that three sticks lashed together on the peninsula or in Oakland are now a million dollar plus home. I just wanted to say thanks for sharing your story. I started listening a few weeks ago while attempting for the second time to get, a fro- get, to, get to a frozen transfer mm-hmm. as we have two frozen embryos awaiting transfer. My first was canceled for crap lining. My second on a different protocol was also canceled for having an even worse lining. Oh boy! So we are trying a third protocol to see if this is the magic formula that will change my uterus from something like a desert wasteland into something more like a window planter box Whee. as I will never be a rich garden. In any event, when I found your podcast starting in 2016 and now being March 2018, I thought, hey, I bet I get to follow these two all the way to success without having to wait it out like the never coming final book of Game of Thrones. (laughs) Alas, no, I'm sorry you are still slogging through this pile of garbage with the rest of us without a happy ending yet. Hearing your story and listening to your episode a while back about how the goalposts are always moving, I think when Dory found out she had a uterine septum for the first time, I put my finger on the thing that, for me, sucks the worst about the infertility gauntlet, which I won't call a journey because God knows if any of us will be anything but beat up in the end. There is no credit for time served. Even if life isn't fair, in most pursuits that have a goal at the end, it feels like there is some payoff for the amount of time and effort you put into it. 
schools, careers, creative pursuits, learning a language, trying to lose weight, whatever, there's incremental progress or at least lessons learned that you get to build on. It feels like infertility is the one thing where how long and how hard you have tried have absolutely no bearing on if and when you will be successful. Mm. I went into this with a timeline in my head for how long until we either have success or give up. We have blown way past that without even getting to try to get pregnant yet. It sucks you two are still getting beat up, but hearing your story go along has actually really helped me calm down about the fact that this is in no way progressing on my timeline. So thanks for sharing and making this feel less isolating, and I hope you get your happy ending soon, L. Thank you, L. That's very funny that you would listen to this podcast and be like, oh, this has been on so long, I definitely have a baby. <laughs> uh, we do not. We do not. We have a bow. Uh, I just feel like, you know, the last episode of the show will be, we'll say thank you so much for listening and then you'll hear a baby crying <laughs> and then it will fade out and then the house will blow up because of a <laughs> gas leak. Oh, that's not funny. It's very crazy. But Bo will be outside of the house, right? So he'll survive. He'll be the survivor. But then what he's going to do is Bo is then going to search for the perpetrator. So it then actually more becomes like a Bosch novel. Oh. Yeah, so I'm so really he's, excited So he's about, living out the life of his namesake. Yeah, Bo's really going to, he's going to solve the crime. It's going to be great. Should we get him a hat? A little detective Bo hat? Yeah. Sure. Okay. A little LAPD canine hat? Yeah. Okay. Right. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. 
I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or a track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. All right. Story, let's uh, plug this in uh, without making noise. You can talk. Oh, okay. Let's plug this in without making noise. I made noise. Okay. I ruined it. Oh, well. That's me. Ready? Yes. Hi, Matt and Dory and Bo. Ruthie calling. Um, I wanted to talk about surrogacy for like, well, I guess it doesn't matter what kind of couple you are, but we went to a four-hour consultation yesterday with a surrogacy agency uh-huh. as it sounds, appears that my uterus has been rendered unable to carry at this point after suffering so many losses and an ADM mm. um, that nearly killed me. So I didn't know if other people were talking about surrogacy to you guys at all. Um, We have one embryo left. And just not sure. It's $128,000, which makes me want to throw up. Um, But I don't know. Is that something you've considered or other people considering that? Um, Does $128,000 sound reasonable? Obviously not. But is that what it costs? Um, those are some of my questions. Just wondering if anybody else was interested in discussing surrogacy as an option if people weren't able to get pregnant or carry pregnancies. Um, thanks so much, and I hope you are, I don't know, I don't hope anything because I have no hope. Is that too sad? No, thanks. it's right on par with what we think, Ruthie. Uh, that's crazy, $128,000. It's insane. Uh, it's Ruthie, so much money. Listen to the My Two Dads episode of the podcast to do that. Yeah, listen to the, there's two My Two Dads episodes, and then also listen to the interview I did with Andrea Sirtash from Pregnantish. Yeah, she talks about um, surrogacy as well. Um, what is the going rate for surrogacy? Do we have an answer? I for think that? it's about a hundred thousand dollars. Jesus, the surrogate. I mean, I get it. You're essentially renting a human being's womb yes. for nine months. Correct. The surrogate herself gets $40,000. Uh-huh. The rest of it goes to the agency, the lawyers, the psychologists, the, like, it just, it just adds up and up and up and up. Yeah. I did, um, I did an article for BuzzFeed called The Cost of Having a Child. Mm-hmm. And I talked to a couple who were um, getting ready to do surrogacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they really broke down all of the expenses so, oh, and that's still available, right? You can get that. Yeah, online. yeah, yeah. You can you can get that online. Just Google my name and uh, Buzzfeed and the cost of having a child, and it'll come up. Um, and Ruthie, if that's something you want to talk, have us 
do more discussions about um, surrogacy. We can look for more people who use surrogates and have them come yeah. on. And, and also, and I, at one point I'd been talking to a couple of people who were surrogates and they were going to, we were going to do interviews and then it, it just never happened. Um, so maybe I'll, I'll, I'll resurrect those emails again. Yeah. Well, Karen, I hope you're listening. No, it was Allison who volunteered. Oh, that's right. Karen did not volunteer. <laughs> what did Karen volunteer? Karen volunteered her eggs. That's right. So I hope you're listening. Allison, you are, uh, you are so the sweet. Chosen one. Thank you so much for not accepting $40,000, but for doing it out of the kindness of your heart and being just a true uh, sister. You know, I really appreciate that. That is so generous of you, Allison. Karen. <laughs> You better step up. Okay. This is for uh, Dory. And this is from Lauren. Okay. Um, should I read this? I mean, sure. it says, hi, Dory. Okay. It doesn't even say, hi, Matt. Oh. I met you in Austin at Punch Bowl Social. Oh, yeah. I had an egghead meetup. Along with a few other lady ladies and your sister and her daughter in late 2017 i have red hair like maddie she smiles she sends a smiley emoticon uh you hear that karen people have met you so they'd be able to thank you in the streets of austin for being such a generous womb giver (laughs) a womb with a view (laughs) uh what would have pissed me off was that they didn't get multiple skip oh no that's it that's it Oh, right. like literally that's what it says oh, am she, i crazy no like, she just like jumped into it okay all right what would have pissed me off was that they didn't get multiple vials of matt sperm before your egg retrieval my husband has a <laughs> severely low account and our ivf clinic uh had him give two samples weeks before the retrieval usually they just get one vial uh frozen before retrieval and then one sample on the day of but the first sample was so bad they had him do two for whatever reason the second specimen was better than the first one we told them beforehand he'd be too anxious to give on the day so that'd probably be why they got two frozen vials as well the embryologist told us on the retrieval day that out of the two vials we had about eighty thousand sperm to work with anywho that was enough to get us seven day five blastocysts wow She's a lot younger than I am. She's 19 weeks pregnant with her second FET. I think Matt should give another sample because maybe his poor sample retrieval was a fluke. Well, it's a downward trend of a fluke is what we're saying here. Also, make sure he gives multiple samples before retrieval so that they have more to work with. Okay. You know, that's interesting because our doctors Wouldn't seem, freeze it. Yeah, seem very opposed to freezing. Yeah. Anyway, seems maybe this should be the normal protocol to begin with. I blame the lab. Best of luck. Come back to Austin. Oh, thanks, Lauren. You're very welcome. That's me answering for Lauren. Cool. Um, gonna skip this long email that I've skipped for the last couple weeks. Wait, when are we gonna get to? It? Well, it's just so long. Are they a bonus subscriber? Um, I don't think because we could just so. do a whole episode about that email. We could. I don't know if she is. I don't think, I mean, I could look her up. No, it's all right. I don't think she is. Okay. Her name doesn't sound familiar. Well, you She's know what's a, actually true is, uh, um, let's save this email for 
the one we have to do in two days because of our vacation. Totally. Great call. Honey. Next week, I'm pulling it aside. Okay. Dory's trying to just shove it in the pile, but no, no, no. I won't allow it. Okay. Um, honey, remember last week we had a an email that we had to do a trigger warning for? Y- yes. Um, we have a response to that email from from we have two responses actually. Guys, I listened to this podcast because someone recommended it to Dory through the through the Forever Thirty Five Facebook group, and it was called Food Psych. And I have never heard trigger warning said so many times before during during a podcast. I understand that people have a lot of issues with food and eating, but um, and exercise as a, as a as a rule of thumb. But I was so confused, and if anyone can explain to me why they would bleep out the number before five k and ten k race. What do you mean? It went beep. I ran a lot of beep k's and te- beep k's. It was five k and ten k. Those were beeped out because really? those are triggers. And whenever I would make it up to beep hill, that was a trigger. It was. I was just like. I was dumbfounded by the whole thing. That's so interesting. I wonder why. And also, if she had to give trigger warnings for diets. Well. For new diets. Which I'm like, this whole podcast is about your diet. Right. I mean, not diet in the sense of like slim fast, but diet in the sense of like what a person should eat. Right. Anyway, that... That was my weird. I can uh, only the, the, I can only assume that it's people who have struggled with eating disorders or exercise or disorders, exercise disorders. Sure. But I think if you're going to listen to a podcast yes. about that, then you I should. mean, it would kind of be like if we gave a trigger warning every time we talked about IVF. IVF. Yeah. Um, but also like, but my the real my real curiosity is why why five why five and ten k why just beep k. Why? I mean, rather the number Why before the number. The I was so confused. Maybe there's by something that. about numbers where people get really obsessive with, like. I don't know. If anyone can answer that for me, I'd appreciate it. You All know right. where to find us. Well, anyway, this back is, to this email. This is from Anonymous. Hi, Matt and Dory. I wanted to respond to Anonymous's email from last week regarding mourning the loss of future children after a traumatic event. Mm-hmm. First, a bit of background. After over a year of fertility treatments, my husband and I got pregnant with an IVF baby in 2016. We were ecstatic. Plus, we had seven embryos left in the freezer and planned on having more children. However, when I was eight months pregnant, my husband was diagnosed with brain cancer. Oh, my God. Our daughter is now 16 months old, and my husband is doing pretty well considering the initial prognosis, but I have definitely been through a gamut of emotions on the topic of more children. I think Dory was absolutely correct in saying that sometimes it's easier to worry about smaller things than to turn your attention to the giant source of trauma and anxiety in your life. I do that all the time, sometimes on purpose. It's easier to worry about where my daughter will go to elementary school in a few years than whether her dad will be there to drop her off. Mm. Mm. That being said, it doesn't make the heartbreak of giving up your dream of more children any less devastating. When my husband was lying in ICU in a medically induced coma after having a series of seizures, and I turned to my sister-in-law and said, well, this is the nail in the coffin of more children, she said to me, You can't let this control your life. You can't let cancer win. If you want more children, have more children, live your life. All that being said, if you want more children, you can have more children with or without a man. You can't let your soon-to-be ex-husband's betrayal run your life. If you don't have the funds to freeze your eggs now, you can get sperm and a turkey baster. You need to live your life. And if you see your life with more kids, it's not impossible. Remember that. Also, go to therapy. It's very helpful. Dory and Matt, you're amazing. Keep up the good work. Also, I love the interviews Dory does. 
anonymous. That is just, you know, you know who's good at interviews? Dory. You know why? She's a journalist. I don't know if you know this, but my wife graduated magna cum laude from Penn. She's an Ivy League scholar. And I only discovered this today when I found the invitation to her graduation on our desk. Because that is the kind of thing that Dory had piled in her office. She has also chosen to keep our extra wedding invitations. As though we will need to invite people to a wedding in the past. I didn't keep all of them. I just kept a few of them as souvenirs. All right. Anyway. Back, uh, we have a lovely souvenir. I know that Allison that was got given Allison to us by <laughs> Allison. Allison again coming through in the clutch. Boy, Karen, I wish you could be like Allison. Um, anyway, um, wow, that is a that's a perspective. That was a weird turn for me to take after a heady email. Like yeah, that. after an email about a husband with brain cancer. Yeah, mm-hmm. that he will, uh, you know, listen. It's a terrible situation, and there's so many reasons why people have to have this uh, moment of, like, for lack of a better term, we always call it a come-to-Jesus moment, Mm. where you just have to go, wait, what am I doing? Is this... uh, Is this kid thing? Is this... Am I going to do this, or am I not going to do this? She's having hers for that reason. Yep. Anonymous, previous anonymous. Yep. Is having it for a wholly different reason. Yep. But it's two sides of the same coin. Yep. Where you have to sort of realize that you can't let things out of your control control your life. Right. And that the way that you thought your life was going to go might not be the way your life goes. Yes. And what are you going to do about that? Yeah. I mean, you could, it could be that your job's a joke, your, your, your love life's a DOA. It could be like you're always stuck in second gear. It hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year. But I'll be there for you. Oh, thank you, honey. You're welcome. I will be there for you on this podcast. <laughs> Why did that pop into my head? What is the what is the what is the start of that song? Uh, uh, oh, no, no one told me yeah. life was gonna be yeah. this way. Yeah, clap, 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 clap. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we could learn a lot from the Rembrandts. I could walk 500 miles. Nope, that's not the Rembrandts. <laughs> I is not the don't want to walk 500 miles. <laughs> that is weird that you thought the Rembrandts did that song. Wow. Oh, my God. And by the way, that song is called Gonna Be. And the name of the band. And it's on the Benny and June soundtrack. They're a Scottish duo. Yeah, they are They're Scottish. twins, correct? I feel like they're Scottish twins. Know. I just thought they were the Rembrandt, so. No. All right. The B-side of the I'll Be There For You single was This House Is Not A Home. And this chorus was This House Is Not A Home Without You. Do you think the Rembrandts just like, like, I mean, that is like winning the fucking lottery. No, it's not. It is. Uh, let me tell you about some very astute television producers that exist in the world. One of them is Marta Kaufman. Marta now runs um, um, Grace and Frankie. Over on Netflix. Uh, she's one of the creators of uh, Friends. Uh, smartly uh, and wisely, she. Uh, and I believe David Bright. I could have this wrong, and I'm sure all you friendaholics out there will correct me on this. But uh, they decided, 
you know what? We're going to write the lyrics. We're going to help you write the lyrics to this song. ka <laughs> So all the publishing uh, rights, all the publishing uh, royalties and everything, they, uh, Marta and uh, I think Kevin or David, uh, get a get a chunk. Genius. Big chunk. Genius. Very genius. Another genius thing, speaking of royalties and music and stuff like that. Um, Gene Roddenberry wrote lyrics to the music of the Star Trek theme song. Oh. Because he knew they would never put the lyrics on the air, but he wrote the <laughs> lyrics. And then <laughs> the music writes, he just gets half the publishing. Oh, that's genius. Uh, you know, genius, dirty, underhanded, however you want to call it. You know what? It's very smart of him. If If, if a creator can get some more money out of the man... Sure. Sure. Fine. Sure. I'm okay with that. Um, anyway. Anyway, this is from Anonymous. <coughs> Anonymous was very uh, prolific Anonymous this week. has been writing a lot of emails this week. I know. Uh, hi, Matt and Dory. I wanted to write in anonymously regarding the email from the anonymous woman going through a divorce. Yes. First of all, I want to praise you for your strength and bravery moving forward with a divorce. That is true. I know how hard that decision must have been for you, and I admire you for it. I was not a victim of domestic violence. I just had a cheating husband. Mm. At the time, I was ready to start a family with him, but after I found out about the cheating, he told me he didn't want kids anymore, which, of course, helped my decision to divorce easier. The kicker of the whole thing is that about a year after our divorce was finalized, I found out that his girlfriend, not the same 21-year-old he cheated on me with, was pregnant, and boy, did that hurt. Fast forward, I am now happily married again. Like you, I stress about the future and I play the what if game all the time. It's hard to see a different future when you thought you had your future all planned out. That's what I just said. Whoa. Anonymous, you are speaking my language. I agree with Matt and Dory about going to therapy. I went to three different therapists before I found the woman who helped me through the divorce. One of my favorite quotes is, you never know how strong you are until being strong is the only choice you have. I truly believe that you are never given more than you can handle and everything life throws your way only makes you stronger. And while you can't see how having more children fits into your future at this moment, things always have a way of working out in the end. Thanks for reading. I hope that I was able to help just a little bit. I disagree with the idea that you truly are never given more than you can handle and everything life throws your way only makes you stronger. I disagree with that sentiment. I disagree with your disagreement. All right. I also don't think things always have a way of working out in the end. No, I don't think that she means that things have a way of working out. She means I however that, things work out was the way things were meant to no, work out. No, I think she means that, well, yes, yeah, yeah. I think it's sort of like a whole thing of like, you're going to go through this, you know, shithole time, but it's not always going to be a shithole time. Right. I, I guess I just, I, I don't love the idea that like, well, I'm I'm going through IVF, but it's making me a stronger person. No. I think that's but bullshit. But do you know what IVF has done? It has brought us closer together. It has made us more sensitive to other people's sort of uh, journeys. That uh, is true. It has made us, there are positives in everything. That is true. Um, you know, it's allowed us to connect with all of these people. That's you know, true. IVF might be shitty, but, you know, we're not alone. And quite frankly, the people listening are also not alone because they have us. 
the two people brave enough to use our names every week. No, you're right about that. I think it's also it's 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 forced us to like work out a lot of stuff that we probably wouldn't have had to work out till much later. And ironically, it hasn't forced us to work out, which I wish it did. <laughs> Trigger warning for working out. <laughs> uh, um, yes, but to that point, uh, you know, it's the whole it's the whole uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman. Why do we fall to pick ourselves so we can? get back up so we can learn to pick ourselves back up it's something to that effect but i get up again no bring me down okay um would you like to i'm being handed the papers which means i'm being asked to read so this is from someone also brave enough to use her name it's from meg hi matt and dory i haven't caught up to date on the podcast still back at episode 21 well we had a baby can you believe it uh we have the triplets uh they're uh, named bo bo yitzi and tova (laughs) anyway uh first of all i want to thank you for doing the podcast genius for those of us suffering through the infertility process we thank you i'm a hairstylist in portland oregon last week i was in the middle of a haircut when the nurse uh when nurse valerie called me uh, with the medication protocol for my third egg retrieval. Yep, third. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, not wanting to miss an important call, I answered while continuing the haircut. Turns out my lovely client, who was forced to listen to my conversation, was in the middle of an egg retrieval process herself. What? What are the odds? Pretty, probably, I think higher than everyone realizes. Yeah. If we would just all be open about this. Um, well, Meg was. Uh, she had just underwent a procedure and was awaiting her genetic testing results. So, my client, a complete stranger, a mere 20 minutes prior, offers me her leftover medication. Oh, my God. Of course, I jumped all over it. Cha-ching. I like how she has written, Meg has written, ay 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 and cha-ching. <laughs> uh, a few days later, she dropped off a ginormous box with her unused prescriptions and mentioned not to be alarmed if I saw another girl's name on it since some of the scripts were her friend who also paid it for it by donating her extras. This is just <laughs> quite a drug ring you're running out of this Portland barbershop. Uh, this got me thinking. Is there a place where women can donate their liver medications for other women to use? Is this legal? No. No. Can I spearhead this organization? <laughs> no. Nope. You'd need to spearhead a lot of legal fees before you do yeah. this. People can send me their leftovers and I can upcycle it to those needs. What are your thoughts? Do you, any of your listeners have any info for me? Let's pay it forward. Thanks for sharing your journey. Wishing you all success, Meg. Meg, uh, I love the sentiment. It's a great idea. Um, but here's the thing: you can't medicated uh, prescription drugs are are uh, are are uh, federal uh, crime. So, but what you can do is, if more people talked about IVF, I think you might wind up in situations like Meg was in mm-hmm. as she was cutting her hair. Mm-hmm. The hair of the nice, nice lady who was going mm-hmm. through IVF also. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, we've done it. Dory and I have uh, used our unused, uh, have used unused medications of people mm-hmm. uh, and vice versa, I believe. We uh, gave someone Medipure or something. No. I feel like we passed along something. I was going to if I if if I wasn't going to do another retrieval. Oh, then we went. Then I was right. going to donate it, but right. then it turned out I had to do another one. So, you know, if if anyone has leftover Falston Menapure, send it my way. <laughs> don't actually do that. Actually don't do that. Because people will do that. No, don't do that. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> Please don't. Then we're all guilty of mail fraud. 
Yeah. I mean, that's how they get everybody. Oh, no. You ever watch these uh, American Greed specials on CNBC? Let me tell you. Mail from federal crime. <laughs> this is from Aubrey. Hi, Matt and Dory. I just listened to I just listened to episode 74, and I wanted to send a tiny bit of encouragement your way. Matt, my husband smoked for the age of 14, and like you, we had a hard time quitting about four years ago. He started tossing around the idea of quitting, and I I had heard over and over uh, that until he was ready to quit, I couldn't make him. One day, he was putting uh, in an order on Amazon, and he said, I just need to order one more thing to get free shipping. I had heard a friend from years back uh before i'd heard from a friend years back years before about the book that there's a sentence it's an actual sentence she wrote i just can't read the easy way to stop smoking by alan carr oh and decided this was my chance to toss just casually so i did he didn't say anything but he ordered it he read the whole book except the last chapter. The last chapter is the one about your last cigarette. <gasps> and that is, I waited a day to do that also. Interesting. Uh, yeah, the whole thing except the last chapter. The following weekend, when we were on a long road trip together, uh, the following week, he decided he was ready to read the final chapter. And he quit smoking the next day. My husband has not smoked since August of 2014. He really Whoa. does swear by the book and says it doesn't tell you anything you don't already know. True. But for some reason, it was just the final push you needed to quit. I agree also. Uh, you said in the podcast, this is your final week of smoking, and you've mentioned this book in previous weeks. I know you're hella busy, but maybe read it and see if it helps. I did. I yeah. listened to it. Uh, never thought my husband would quit smoking, but he did. He says now that he doesn't ever have the desire to smoke. I agree. Sort of. Uh, he says he still likes the smell of it, but that nothing makes him want to smoke. I hope oh, that's nothing interesting. else. That this is just a tiny bit of encouragement. I'm sure the stress and pressure you're both feeling. Uh, that now seems a little like a sh- even shittier time to quit, but there will never be a good time to do it. It's true. You two sounded so down this week. I wanted to reach out through my computer and give you each a hug. You can do this. Well, there we go. And guess what, Aubrey? So far, I did it. I'm proud of you, honey. Thanks to Alan Carr's easy way to stop smoking. I, I think the audiobook is like an updated version. And it's like something. It's a very similar title by Alan Carr. Oh, Same interesting. Okay. But I have the book and I ordered the audible. All right. This is from our good friend, Anonymous. Oh, hey. Hi, Dory and Matt and Bo. Between this podcast and a few other signs the universe has thrown me this week, I'm having serious epiphanies about burnout and the positive influence a period of unemployment could have. Interesting. So first, thank you. I'm excitedly considering this possibility. Mm-hmm. Though I haven't shared that with anyone, including my husband. So please leave me anonymous. We have done so. I've felt blah about my job for years, but what's held me back for the past 18 months, especially is insurance coverage. Mm -hmm. Dory, did you take your insurance with you? Cobra is wicked expensive, (laughs) but I know you sought out your employer's fertility coverage. So maybe it's worth it. Did you find an individual plan? Go on Matt's plan. I'd love to hear that perspective. Thanks in advance. Part of me thinks I've met my employer's lifetime maximum of fertility benefits. So maybe I'm putting too much weight on this variable in the first place. So much to think about. Um, I went on Matt's insurance. 
She did it, everybody. Yep. And not a day after she did that did I get a package in the mail that says that I qualified for SAG after insurance. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> I'm getting two insurances? Yeah. I think they're just going to bill me and then like send me an insurance card. I'm like, wow. Well, no, but then if you don't pay, then. Oh, is that what we decided? I, I read well. Them. I read through the thing, and oh, it said okay. it, there was no clear way to decline the coverage. I don't think there is. A but way then it was like, if you don't pay, you won't be covered. Oh God! I wish people in America would stop trying to give me health insurance. <laughs> <I know>. It's <laughs> out of control. Um, I did get the thing about Cobra, and it was like eight hundred dollars a month. Cobra's crazy. I remember when Jerry um, Duggan, after when we when G4 imploded and, and we all were sent on our merry way with our, with our severance packages. Um, I remember him telling me that Cobra for he and, uh, Jenny and, uh, Declan, he had a child, his son. I think it cost, I feel like it was like 1500 to $2,000 a month. My coworker went on such a long book leave that he had to go on Cobra what yeah hell of a book leave and he said it was two thousand dollars a month for him and his family he he has two kids crazy yeah um so yeah so i'm fortunate that my husband basically can't walk out the door without someone offering him health insurance you know if you have enough full-time jobs When are you going to get health insurance from the Podcasters Guild? Oh, I'd like to start a Podcasters Guild so we can negotiate a fair advertising share with the networks. Come on, everybody. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. So anyway, no, in all seriousness, I'm very fortunate that my husband has health insurance and it's pretty good health insurance. Oh, but buckle up. Zero on the infertility front. Zero on the infertility front. Um, but it's not expensive to add a dependent and it's accepted like pretty much everywhere in LA. Do we have health insurance for Bo? Weren't we supposed to Yeah, do we that? do have health insurance oh, okay. for Bo. Bo, you're covered. Um, but yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks. Like if you, if you want to leave your job and you don't have a partner who has health insurance and you don't have another way to get health insurance easily and, and cheaply, it, it does really suck. I think it holds people back. Well, I mean, it's all the it's the it's the golden handcuffs of it all, you know. Yeah, totally. What you really want is a golden parachute, not golden handcuffs. Yeah, everybody. the golden parachute—that's the key. That's the key. All right, this is from Ron. Hey, Ron. This is Ron again, the caller from a couple weeks ago. What's up, Ron? Sorry for the audio quality <laughs> last time, as I was in my work van, a full-size GMC cargo van. <laughs> And the noise was all my... By the way, I love that Ron's <laughs> tooling around in a GMC cargo van listening to an IVF podcast. <laughs> he might be rivaling Lex. Uh, well, listen, if I, have, if I had to put them against each other, a semi-trailer, a, semi, a tractor trailer has like, you know, 18 speeds. So yeah, it's, it's going to really... 
Uh, the noise was all my equipment and ladders, plural, <laughs> rattling around. That's amazing. I'm a service tech for a life safety and communications company, uh-huh. so I spend most of my days on the road fixing various problems. I like that idea. The young lady who was happy to hear from another person who enjoyed the niche things she did was also nice to hear, and I wanted to put some things straight as my other call was confusing on ages and dates. Oh, regarding how many, how he had yes. all of these children. He, this is Ron from South Louisiana. No, I know that. Oh, well, I just want to make but sure I, our like listeners dates, knew that. But my question about the dates was, all right, continue. Okay. Go ahead. Number one, yes. was raised Catholic, but never made confirmation. Uh, made confirmation. It's not like you... That's what he wrote. Get a level. Like, it's not... Like, anyway. My wife was raised Baptist, but uh-huh. neither of us are religious. Oh, okay. So you guys are just down to bone. Two. I'm from Lafayette, the heart of Cajun country, and big families I've found are still a bit of an anomaly here. We didn't plan on having this many. <laughs> I wanted three. She wanted five. And we had settled on four. The rest were a bit of a surprise. <laughs> this is like the most fertile couple in America. We got married when she was 18 and I was 20. We'd been dating uh-huh. for four and a half years at that point. Yeah. Our oldest was born when my wife was 20 and I was 22. Uh-huh. We had started trying right after we got married and at the year mark had no success, but she is currently pregnant with number eight due in October. Amazing. Age now. I'm 36. She's 34. So by Price is Right rules, Matt wins. Oh, yes. Closest to that guy. Love the show. Look forward to it every week. You guys are one of 32 podcasts I'm subscribed to. Well, the guy's, you know, Ron's in a van. He's driving back around. And, forth, and you and always forth. jump to the top of the list when a new episode comes oh, out. Thanks, buddy. Have a great one. Ronald L. Wade the second. Ron, I hope you listen to the James Bonding podcast with Dory. Uh, I think that's a new way for uh, that podcast to get listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I'll plug it on Forever 35. Uh, you should. Um, all right. Oh. There's a PS from Ron, Ron. How many hours a week are you in a car? That's a good question. Honey, there's a PS from Ron. I've been my car has a clock on it now uh-huh. that tells me how long the car has been driving. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seventy four hours. Wow, pretty cool. Yeah, you can reset it anytime you want. Um, are you ready for Ron's PS? I don't know. Am I? I have an old school jerk off room story. I love it. When we were getting tested before our first when nothing was happening, I went to a urologist to get tested. I had an idea of what to expect, as my wife is a major planner and researcher, so I'd waited the required three days of no orgasms and went in prepared to give a sample. Mm-hmm. When the exam was over and he explained what he needed and said I could come back when we ready, I told him I was ready then. He said, great, handed me a container and said, leave it on the exam table when I was done. That was it. No room, no magazines or videos. And as this was 2003, <laughs> no Wi-Fi or device to access porn. That's Thank amazing. God. As a 21-year-old male, I had a good imagination and was able to get the job <laughs> done. Wow. Ron. Ron. Great Ron. story. Um, before we get to Lex's email, uh-huh. I'm going to play a voicemail. Okay, okay. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, 
Matt and Dory, Dory and Matt, Bo, you know, whoever. Um, <laughs> so I come to you uh, by way of Matt Sandum because I fell in love with Sabe, who doesn't love Mosier. Um, but I actually uh, started listening to this podcast, I think, because he mentioned it on a Smodcast or a Talk Salad. I digress. <laughs> At any rate, um, I'm calling for something that is not at all uh, fertility related. This better be Fraser um, related. For the past 10 years, uh-huh. I've been saying Bamba instead of Bamba. Oh. And I feel really dumb. And so I thought I would call <laughs> and share that with you. Um, Bamba. Because, like, seriously, uh, my kids eat them constantly. Uh, they're my favorite thing in the world. Me too. Um, when you guys have your science baby, you're totally going to need to get on the bombas early on because you got to oh. close them to the peanuts. Oh. So we're we're on way on it. I digress. Um, hey, thank you for correcting my pronunciation. This is amazing. You didn't know that's what you were doing. So um, thanks, guys. Bye. That is a great voicemail. I thought you would enjoy that voicemail that very much. That is a much. really terrific voicemail. <laughs> well, you know, when you think about it, it makes sense because Bambi... Right. So you just think Bambi, Bamba. Yeah. Well, if you're following the rule of Myra, right, which is the vowel consonant vowel ending, yeah, you would go long I. But I believe we are following an Israeli rule. Bamba. Which is to uh, slow everything down <laughs> to a crawl. That's not true. Israelis aren't slow. Eh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um no we've been on the bomba train for for 20 30 years because my dad's israeli so we always knew about bomba and it's only i feel like it is only in the last few years that it's yeah i think people are really just uh trying to hone in on my bomba supply which is You've been really going through it. Oh, they started selling the big family bags uh, at the Ralphs on Third uh, and La Brea. So, uh, quite frankly, thank you. Thank you, Ralph. Thank you, Ralph. Seven Eleven has been out of them. The Seven Eleven on Third, Bomba, and, you know, and, and Gardner. Um, they were my Bomba supplier. Bomba is becoming a real national snack. Well, it's, you know, available at some Trader Joe's now, which is interesting. You know who told us about that? Allison. (laughs) Karen, you haven't told us about anything at Trader Joe's. Interesting. Uh, Hey there, guys. Going to try to be short and sweet, which never works. This is all good old Lex. Here we go. Just thinking about your debate on whether the week starts on Sunday or Monday. Thank you, Lex, for doing this. I like that someone else is thinking about this. (laughs) That's just sort of a mundane subject matter that I thrive on. (laughs) Personally, I lean towards the week starting on Monday. This is based solely on the fact that it's called the weekend and not weekends. If it was weekends a la bookends, I could see Sunday being the beginning and Saturday being the end. What? Oh, that's interesting. Maybe it is weekends. Oh, I get it now. Oh, that's very interesting. Lex, I like where your head's at. Uh, I could see Sunday being the beginning and Saturday being the end. It's a singular. I consider both days to be the end of the week. 
It is interesting, however, that Matt thinks Monday is the first day and Dory thinks it's Sunday. Because if memory serves me right, and I see no fun in actually looking this up, the Sabbath, which is the seventh day of the week, was originally observed on Saturday. Correct. And then changed to Sunday by the early Christians uh, with the adoption of the Gregorian calendar. That calendar, by the way, we did a number on it. You sure did. To make it be what we needed uh-huh. it to be. Um. That would mean a person raised Jewish would think of a Saturday as the last day of the week, and most Christians, including Catholics, think of Sunday as the last day of the week. I'm an atheist and have no dog in the fight. Uh, but do you fact, have a dogma in the fight? Hang on. I begin my work week on Sunday and oh. think of it, still think of it as the last day of the week. This is interesting. Hopefully this makes some sort of sense. Kind of hard for me to tell these days as I'm three weeks into quitting smoking. <gasps> Oh, interesting. Uh, and always make my mind a little wonky. Side note, I'm sure you're tempted uh, to say something like, good for you, Lex. My least favorite thing in the world while quitting smoking is congratulations. I'm not happy about it, and I miss sweet, sweet cigarettes every day. Lex, this is interesting. Uh, listen to that book that I told you about, because then you won't miss the cigarettes. The fact that you're That's missing, this can help you not miss the Here's what I'm going to actually tell you to do, Lex. Right now, I want you to pull into the next truck stop. Okay, whether you're thinking about getting a wash or you're thinking about getting a getting a Seven Up or whatever you're gonna get at this. No, he said he stopped drinking soda in the, in the truck. Okay, so maybe you're gonna get a sparkling water. Yes. Okay. Here's what I want you to do, Lex. I want you to walk in, go to the counter, buy your favorite brand of cigarettes. I'm telling you right now, smoke. Smoke like there's no tomorrow. And I want you to let the rubber hit the road. But before you get back in the car, you download the audiobook. Alan Carr's Easy Way to Stop Smoking. And you can smoke normally as you're listening to it. And then slowly as you're listening, you'll start to trail off on your cigarettes. It's a four and a half hour read. So what I'm telling you is buy one pack of cigarettes and buckle the fuck up, buddy. Because you're on a journey. To not <laughs> not missing cigarettes. Okay, that's my advice. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> okay, here we are. <laughs> uh, uh, he says it's kind of like congratulating someone on a divorce. Uh, I know it's better for me in the long run, but right now I just want to yell and cry a lot. This is interesting. See, this is what I'm yeah. saying. And if you're interested in quitting techniques, Matt. Oh, Lex, I just gave you advice, buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to switch to vaping. Well, you're gonna throw vaping away too. Uh, give me the added bonus of becoming a douchebag, obviously <laughs> surrounded, surrendering a sense of joy. I'm phasing out the vaping as I go, uh, so that might explain the ranting. Enjoy your week, whenever it may begin. Okay, Lex, do what I'm telling you to do, and I want to hear about it. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you all for listening. You all are amazing. Some of you are more amazing than others. And, yeah, and those true. people that are more amazing are Allison and our Patreon supporters. <laughs> Karen, I'm kidding. We love you too. This is just very funny to me. Uh, reminder that you can support us on Patreon. Uh, you can get up to two bonus episodes per month. That's patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. It's $5. You can get one bonus episode a month. Uh, for $10, you'll get two a month. And once you sign up and they charge your card, which they do on the first of the month, 
you will then have access to our entire back catalog. Mm -hmm. And we have an RSS feed up there, so you can just subscribe to it, and it'll pop up in your feed like a normal, everyday, fun podcast. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, so that is what we have to tell you. And you can make all your friends jealous because yeah. you'll have so many episodes. Uh, and if you're a supporter of us at the $5 level or above, you get your name right on the podcast each month. And these are some of those people that are better than some of you. Ready? Here we go. Uh, Muriel Kloss, better than you. Carrie Smith, better than you. <laughs> okay, honey. Uh, Jason King. He's already the king. I mean, yeah. it's just given. Uh, Sabrina Stern, Mazel. Keep going. <laughs> just, just keep going. Uh, Ross Mandon, April Patrick, Michelle Hagen, L. Becca Foster, uh, Arena Perry, Jolie. Ariana, I think oh my is God. her name. Ariana is absolutely exactly how it's spelled. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I now recognize Egghead's names. Jolene Sigler, Sarah Yim, Chris Dibble. Uh, Lori Leeming, Heather Nelson, Jack Woodyard. That's a good name. Erica you Brown. You say that every know, time well, you read like, his name. It's a clear. <laughs> it's a clear. You know, as a, as a, as a, as a as a television writer, you're always looking for names. You know, like you're always like, oh, what's a just a good sounding name that doesn't sound fake? Jack, Jack Woodyard. Kind of sounds fake, but it's still good. Erica Brown, uh, Nan Okagawa, Carolyn N., Sherry Olson, April Cherry, Ben, a PhD. Straightforward. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Stephanie Thompson, uh, Kim Thompson. Oh, the Thompson twins. Uh, Chelsea Rosger, Megan Cantwell. Also a good name. I know I've said that before, too. Uh, Sarah Prager, Tanya Davidova. Uh, sounds like a Bond villain. Uh Amanda Johnson, Melinda Phelps, and Emily McNaughton. And uh, we'll get to the rest of you Patreon supporters next week. Uh, those are just some of the people. Who are better than everyone else. <laughs> uh, we'll see you all uh, next week. Thank you so much. And uh, stay tuned uh, to, um, what is the name of the person who wrote the long email? Oh, I have it right here. Jessica, we're going to read your email for next week. We're talking about stress, okay? Oh, yeah. Buckle up. Okay. All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye. And for you, that's not a lot over. Oh, go, baby, go, baby. Go, baby, go.